0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram Kipalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We've got the kiln fired up. We've got the furnace prepped. We're about to unsheath the laser fire of Torah. Yes, de is coming your way. But first, if you own a retail business and accept credit cards, your customers are getting points, miles, and all sorts of rewards. Every time they use their card and you're paying the price. That's why NRS Pay, a product of National Retail Solutions, a division of the IDT Corporation, offers its cash discount program FeeBuster. You can start accepting credit cards for free. If your business processes over $18,000 a month, you pay no monthly fee and $0 out of your pocket for transaction. This means you as a retailer can enjoy the benefits of accepting plastic and your customers still get those crucial miles they crave and need. NRS Pay Fee Buster provides every client with a free credit card reader with no long-term contract, no early termination fee, cancel anytime without a penalty. I'm personally familiar with this company and they truly stand by their product and they'll help you with live stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Visit nrspay.com or call 833-289-2767 to learn more about NRS Pay and the fantastically fair Fee Buster. If it's air Shabbos this must be Risha I'm here with Rabbi Yosef Gabriel I think, you know, we were very serious the last couple of weeks. Let's start in a, something that you told me about, because I get my news from you. It's like, like in, in the old days, everybody get their news from Johnny Carson. I get my news from Yosef Gabriel Bechover, because I, I'm such I'm so shakua, I'm so nechbel I, yeah. I, I need you to tell me about what's going on. So you happened to inform me that uh, it was announced this week in Eretz Israel that the normal Elections or appointments, as it would be, because it's sort of appointed through a, a number of people who elect the chief rabbi. Is not going to happen on around Tuba of the way it usually does. So I, I can't believe that around in Tuba of uh, this summer, it's going to be ten years since Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef and Rabbi David Lau assumed the mantle of the chief rabbinate and the uh, legislation or. To the declaration that was done by some sort of minister in, uh, in the Knesset. That the Shas Minister. To, the Shas Minister, yes. That we're going to push it off because it's too close to the municipal elections. And we don't want there to even seem to be the appearance as if some sort of deal making was going on between the various communities and who they would push for chief rabbi. And therefore, we're going to separate the two, and the chief rabbi election will happen, I'm not sure when, some undesignated time in the future, which gives Reb uh, David Lau and Rabbi Yosef a little longer time. Well, Rabbi
1: Yosef be- has already t- told them he's stepping down, no matter what. So that evidently, if Rabbi Yosef has his way, the office will be vacant. The Friday office will be vacant for those months.
0: I wonder why he's so adamant about that. He says um, he wants to
1: go back to learn. But now we have to be cynical and uh, assume that anything which is being done is either being done to promote the candidacy of Reb David Yosef or rabbi, uh, uh, Ari Derry's brother.
0: Now, again, we've had discussions about what does it mean to be Roy chief rabbi today? It's not exactly what it, it meant in the time of when Falcomavadia Avadia assumed the position or, it, or when uh, Uziel was in the position. So it's, again, it's a very much a toned down political type of position in terms of what they need to do. And like it's more like breaking bottles on a ship uh, than it is actually being machria, difficult shilas and halacha.
1: So the other guy, his name is Rabbi Yehuda Derry. Desh- He's the chief rabbi of Be'er Sheva since 1997.
0: Wow. And that's Aryeh Desh- mm-hmm. Derry's brother.
1: Yes, and he was a candidate for Chief Rabbi Ready in
0: two thousand thirteen. Uh but now it looks like as you say, Reb Dovid is safe. I guess I would assume there was a power sharing I, I agreement between Reb Dov and Rabbi Yitzchok, As I mentioned here, and I'll stand by it, I'd say if is clearly the bigger Tamil Khokham, the bigger cup. And I would assume what he said to look older brother, you go first, I'll go next. I assume that was what Makes they sense much of each other. They get along well enough with each other, despite the difference in their approaches. And I think I mentioned last time the brilliance and the beauty of the Sefer Lochabura, which, by the way, as the letter I sent to you, backing Rabbi Yosef's candidacy, which was signed by, I think, 80 percent of the rabbin were from Chutzlorets who signed it, many of them from Mexico, who I remember as young boys uh, or young men. But I was so happy that the first thing they mentioned, of course, was his brilliance as a writer in the Sefer al Khabura, and how that has already shown that it can stand on its own. He's someone that I have Khalisha sadas from, or David Yosef. You know, I'm, I'm a of And look, he's, 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 he's a little bit younger than me and he's accomplished so much, really. I I, I found out who he was when he was working on his own edition. I think he was 20-something, his edition of the Per Ador of the Chubbas Arambam. You
1: know, it's interesting. This, whole, I, this letter is only people who starts. There no people. Do you people. find any to and people there? No, there's not a single one. It's all cultural people. Yeah, strange, isn't it? <laughs> no, yeah, it must be that they, 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 probably the rabbinic arts and don't want to get involved uh, because very very is powerful. So therefore he would stretch out the coach Lawrence.
0: I think it also shows how much the chief rabbi is like a traveling diplomat. He's known in all these places. They talk about, oh, he speaks everywhere and the Peb Mopic Margolius and Mamish. I've I I've heard his English is quite good. He must speak he much speak a little bit of French and, and and Spanish as well. I mean, it's not surprising he's he's a uh, a brilliant man. I wouldn't be surprised that he could pick up a number of languages.
1: One of these people here is a Rava Rashi, Quebec, Canada. Do you know Quebec had a Rava Rashi?
0: Why not? Why not? Maybe they want to institute the Grand Sanhedrin over there as well. You know, yeah. we get back to the old Frenchy days. The point, though, is is that Rabbi Yosef is clearly Roy, but Roy for what? You know, he he's Roy to be sitting on on, on the Beis Nagod Yerushalayim. But again, here it's Chief Rabbi. Why he wants it so much, I don't know. As you could as as you said before, maybe he feels. You know, this, these these two things pulling on him in the I, okay. Let, let me be honest. He he. There is a whole puff piece, like all they are, all the puff pieces in mishwalka You know uh, about Reb Yosef and uh, and the, and how he's connected to his father and how he learned from his father to the common man's touch, despite the fact that everything about him is aristocratic room w safe the way he dresses the way he writes but he says he's got he's also tuned into his father's common touch and he understands how to deal with people and he has a number of stories beautiful stories by the way about his father having a you know a soccer ball that kicked his hat off and didn't get upset at all. Khacham went over to the boy and invited him to eat Shalashitis at his house and or Sudhashri I'm sorry. And then uh, later just told him that he's that all he has to do is come to his shiur next week. And of course, from that soccer ball hit, that boy ended up turning into one of the Rashi Rashrikals somewhere or something else like that. And there's a number of stories like that about the Khacham Avadya would say hello to the person who was parking his car near him on Shabbos, and then that person would become closer to him. And he, he talks a lot from David Yosef about being raised in Tel Aviv and other areas where they weren't near from people at all. And watching his father, he was able to, he's, he thinks he's able to emulate what his father could do with Khilonim. He believes he has the same ability, he can channel that uh, and continue. Um, interesting, if you read that article, he came up with the idea, which I thought was quite funny, that that his father... And he would, he would, just like the Baal Shem Tov on Maitzei Shabbos would, uh, and, and other nights would go out on, on important trips. Chocham Avadya would, would travel to a number of these outposts where there would be these barely religious Jews that would wait, you know, sort of like in, in, in the whatever sort of soccer stadium, wherever they were waiting for Chocham to come. And his son came up with the idea that they should helicopter Chocham in. And Reb Yosef was the, was the warm up act. He would come out there and like, you know, get them, you know, to say, okay, everybody, <laughs> right. And he would give a sheer and, or whatever it was. And they, and then his father would descend from Shamayim, like, uh, <laughs> like, like Elios Merkova and would come down and would give over his Psalkim and his jokes, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, so David Safe says he's the one who came up with the idea of using the helicopter. So he does have a showman's uh, streak to him. So I guess that maybe explains why he wants this dishtower this, this, this so much.
1: Obviously, there's a lot of uh, power and patronage in the chief rabbi. I don't know that there's any idealism left in it anymore. Hope, hopefully there is. But uh, I'm not familiar with David Yosef at all. So I, he might be- You okay.
0: should, you should be- Look, his farm are great. And I said, it, it's almost like a different league than the Elgin, Yosef. the amount of McLeary's he brings, and like he says about the way he worked with his father, he said his father didn't want a yes man. I mentioned on this program, and I'll stick to it, that Rabbi Yitzhak was probably a yes man with his father, which is why his father knew he wanted the brainy, uh, combative, you know, sakran of, of a son called Rabdovin to work with him. On the achavidas, and also to spearhead, which I I'm, which I'm very impressed by, uh, the system of, of dayonim that was started by Chacham Avadia through the presidency of Rabbi David Yosef. Supposedly, two thirds of all the new dayonim and all these, you know, individual not. Uh, Dayonim in the uh, system, but Dayonim in all these communities are all coming from this Mossad that was created, Yechav for Dayonis. And I'll tell you, when I was in Ertisrael in the in the fall, I bumped into many, many Sfardim who were studying for Dayonis. And yeah, look, Reb David Yosef was the vehicle for that. There's no question about it. He's, he's Sholot Bakol and Ashrech Adum. Let's talk about the Ashkenazi side. You, you informed me that uh, one of the candidates... Can it be? Is he come back from the dead, <laughs> Mayor Kahana?
1: Yeah, he's uh, uh, the dark horse candidate who came from the behind to to win. So, who is this Mayor Kahana? Who
0: who is the candidate? Who, who is this person?
1: He I mean, went to he went to school. He went to the Mayor. He went to Kiryat Shimona, He went to Eretz Chemda. They're all very strong religious Zionist organizations, uh, Shivas. Interestingly, however, when he was trying to put himself into a you know, a more uh, broad light. You mentioned that one of the Russian Hashim came from Hebron, so he also absorbed the Hebron alumdus. I looked at his psakim from Piske Din, and uh, they were pretty normative. There was nothing um, nothing earth shattering. He uh, is young, he's younger than the other candidates, and he's not from the mainstream yeshivas. Yeah,
0: I, what, what I read from the article in Haaretz, and I get the sense from you, is that there is a, a push. That the Ashkenazi chief of should not be you know, like a, a Lao clone. It should be someone who we can tell uh, the religious Zionistic stripes should be clear upon them. Someone who, right? Not, not well, that was
1: the coalition agreement between Smutrich and uh, Derry that the Shas gets to choose the Safari chief rabbi and the religious Zionists get to choose the Ashkenazi chief rabbi. Now the Yadut the Torah is saying, oh, well, you're appointing uh, your candidate is this Mayor Kahana guy. He's like Rabbi Goran, so we're going to put up our own candidate. And we don't care about whatever agreement you make.
0: In other words, they feel he's too liberal.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure why. I don't see it. I didn't see him to suck him anything particularly liberal. But uh, it's just an excuse.
0: Who is this Micha Halevi?
1: Micha Halevi was the one they would have accepted. They claimed would have accepted. He, they, they chose the Chief Rabbi pet Tichwa to be their candidate. And they said, they claim that if it had been Michael Levy, they wanted to put up their own, their own candidate.
0: So you're saying he's the only possibility. Uh, M- M- Michael Levy is not, is not possible.
1: Well, uh, 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 they, they didn't vote for him. But uh, the, the, the real conspiracy theory is that um, they, they because he's unacceptable, to, it's that it's all a plot. In other words, that they really want Rabbi Yaakov Shapiro. Rabbi oh, Yaakov okay. Shapiro, the Russian American Arab, his father was also chief rabbi. They want him to be the. They want him it's to be. Rabbi from
0: Shapiro, who was the chief rabbi. Right.
1: But he's he is over age because he can't be over seventy to be a candidate. So they want Likud to make a law. Well, make a law. You a can only be over
0: seventy to be president of the United States, right? But to be the chief rabbi of throw, you've got to have that young strength. <laughs> right. It comes before and hey, you know, we're reaching the age. You know, we're almost at a, we aren't going to be eligible for the next election.
1: No, year. next election, we won't be eligible anymore.
0: Oh, so that's the reason why Rabbi W. Sef wants in, because he figures now, by the next time, he's going to be too old. So he figures, yeah, now I'll go in. Now, you've now supplied the answer. It's interesting, because the picture I discovered of Mikhail Levy, he was shaking hands, uh, smiling for the birdie, with uh, someone who looked a little bit not so happy. The person who was the head of Tzohar, who ten years ago uh, his candidacy seemed to have some vibrancy, and it seemed like you know it could possibly make it again. It was derailed by a number of you know Malshinus and other smallness. But that is my old Kavrusa from Nair Yisro, the first Israeli that I ever really had a relationship with, an Israeli who came to me. Uh, as a in 10th grade, wearing Sandalim and with no socks. And we, in his broken English and in my uh definitely broken Hebrew, we learned together and we we're a very good pair, and we stayed friends. And that is Harab David Stav, whose father was, I think, in America, and employed in some in some sort of uh, think tank uh, in either Washington, Baltimore area. And that meant that David and his older brother Moshe. Uh, found themselves in Arius role for a while, and um, although Moshe went on to have a very uh, nice career uh, as one of the Rosh Yeshiva in Kerem Yavna, uh, David, his younger brother, my friend, really you know stayed true to his sort of idiosyncratic ways, uh, and 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 really you know stayed very strong in learning, uh, but doing things uh, in, in in his own way. And He wrote a manifesto about what he felt the chief rabbi should be. That the chief rabbi should should should, should it should stop being the chief plaything. In other words, the chief rabbi should make a difference. The same way David from WSafe now says that the Chokhmavadi method will be makariv people to the idea, and it's it's the it's the method that he embodies that that can somehow solve the uh, the terrible infighting that's going on in Eretz Yisrael. Ten years ago. David Stav already said that the communities are so polarized. And what we need is not someone to Paskin. We need someone to make Yadus alive. We need someone who can who can br- who create bridges. And unfortunately, there was such a distrust of people in the black hats, like you saw um Mayor Kahana wearing, that it's important that that you dress the part. David Stav is probably as probably a bigger Talmachokam than than uh than Kahana. But Dobit Stav ain't gonna put on the cylinder. You know what I'm saying? He ain't gonna walk around in that hat.
1: Nobody's wearing a cylinder since Rob Untermann. Come on. Okay, but
0: you understand what I mean. He's not gonna go with the he's, uh, he's not gonna go with the brim, upper brim hat. He's not gonna go with any of that. He is going to be himself.
1: Well, I bet you they made it at night called Meissa, he would do it.
0: You think Dobit Stav would sell? Yes. Dobit Stav is again not
1: I, by Avram Shapiro, so it's not as if it's foreign to him.
0: But but he has evolved. He's always been his own person. He's never. He's always been a person who's shemeya and goes in his own way. And I understand that I was his chavrusa and friend. And you had a relationship too. What's your relationship with Don? Yeah,
1: when I was a, a young youngster in B'nai Akiva in Ramat in Israel in eighth in ninth grade, he was my madrich. We were considered to be the frumest sneef of B'nai Akiva in the entire country, Rabbi Yosef.
0: As you know, is you you we never grow tired of hearing the uh, important biography of how you uh, left America, left and America. my
1: distinguished brother, don't forget him.
0: Yes, Bruce, you and Bruce left, and you were just in sixth grade. And after sixth grade, you went to Eretz to become Mushlam and to join the 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 native mayors. School. Well, I learned
1: Mushlam. My parents made Aliyah, but you have a choice. Ah, uh, okay. So, but but definitely it
0: is one of the most cardinal aspects of who you are is that period. You know, it, it allowed you to, to hone your Ivrit style. It allowed you to absorb much of what's going on. It gave you a, a, an gave open
1: a, eye. It gave me a, a foundation in writing also. Right, in writing, an
0: open-eyed understanding of of, of what's, what is the dynamic of the Jewish society. So even though you came back to finish high school, There was an indelible impression that was left on you through those years in Eretz Israel. But it's interesting that not only were you, you know, such a mitzuhyun in the Tiv but you also were part of, as was expected, to be part of a boys and girls uh, groups on Shabbos, on Shabbat, of the B'nai Akiva. And I know your father and mother probably encouraged that, right? Well,
1: anybody in Ramatishko who was... Religious went to Nea Kiva because uh, that was, uh, the, there was no radio element in Ramadan's school that came much later. And people at that day and age, youth movements were still the rage. I don't know if they are anymore. So it was a natural place to gravitate.
0: Do you have any memories of him as your Madri? Uh,
1: oh, oh, I don't remember. My memory of my early youth is, is very, very um, fuzzy. Fog, foggy, fuzzy, foggy, yes. So I don't have any specific memories, which I can impart to you, but I remember that he was very intellectual and he's uh, intellectually stimulating. And so when he you know, used to do stuff with us and to speak to us, and uh, he, uh, that he was also, by the standards of, uh, of Bnei Akiva, quite from. And
0: w- and again, you know, Avinair and others have written about what Bnei Akiva should be. But was, was there a social aspect there? Did you, were you supposed to... Uh, hang out with the girls after the... Of course, after, of course. So when Dabit Stav or others would, would would talk about subjects with you, was it boys and girls sitting together?
1: Yeah, of course. That's what Mea was all about. One of the fun things which I used to do is, you know, bring the Chuba the the Swedish on the mixed movements, the famous Chuba, and he's in France and compare and contrast, well, are we doing the right thing? Why aren't we doing the right thing by being in the That was a lot of fun. So you read that Tru when you were fourteen, yeah
0: <laughs> okay very good All right. you're you were a better fourteen year old than i was i i didn't know where Jacob Weinberg was in there you The only of Weinberg I knew was Matis at that time
1: <laughs> i was hanging I was hanging around in the teef mayor library where uh, Moshe Lichtenstein was the librarian, driving him crazy, and i was to uh, try i looked through I, I i looked through his farm that's what i did It was fun so-
0: so why did and and I I'm, I'm not going to assume you looked like Brad Pitt. I, I, so what, why was it what would a kid like you get out of the the sense of the girls Did you think that you would be attractive intellectually the girls to the were boys? more
1: spiritual than the boys.
0: So you actually
1: liked talking to the girls there. Yeah, they were much more spiritual. Uh, yeah it was it was it was all it was all like a spiritual yeah, but I don't know if that I all mean, I was spiritual but the reality is it was they were more spiritual. Girls mature earlier girls mature earlier I think that's part of it. I see, yes. And they were impressed by your mind. Who's was not impressed with my mind? You are too. You <laughs> yeah. said so. I'm you impressed. With, I I'm, your well. into,
0: I'm impressed with your ambitions. I guess that's all part of that mind that you have. Yes, yes. i mean, I'm, in, I'm in, I guess I'm impressed. But let's talk about I just want to get down to the nitty-gritty. Did you think you would get girlfriends out of it? Did you think you would get a girlfriend from that?
1: Not really. I mean, I think any hey, of them would possibly marry someday. Perhaps, but uh, no, no girlfriends. I was too. It well, wasn't going to
0: turn into it that much. But at least you would, you would come to recognize girls there.
1: Well, but what about Memphis when you were a young kid? Didn't all the girls and boys hang around together?
0: No, not really. Not really. You oh. know what? So I have to say that because I was a year. Remember, by the time I graduated high school, I was two years younger than the people around. I was a year younger than everybody in my class. I skipped a, a, a grade in yeshiva. So when I was in, in my class, I was like this, this small, immature person who, you know, ba- yes, I knew that the boys were hanging out with the girls, but I wasn't ever a part of that because I was considered too young. I had to make a name for myself as, you know, as the, the director of the play, as someone who could who could quote, you know, uh, Dickens and Steinbeck or somebody who could make jokes, uh, you know, at the teacher's expense. You know, whatever it was, I was, you know, I I, I had to be a different type of creature. So all of this schmooze, <laughs> my, my, our dear listeners, is only a setup, a very, very carefully constructed setup. In fact, this whole conversation has been a setup as we get... Oh, by the way,
1: before you go to get that, all these guys who are chief rabbi candidates, Micha Levy, Mayor Kahana, and uh, the other one, Eliezer Igra, they all went through the same path. Right. They, all went to, they all went to the Tiv Meir. They're all members of Bnei Akiva, just like David Stav, it's some of them have put on a frock in Hamburg along the way, but it's all the same path. You see, Lichtenstein went through the same path.
0: You know, Rabbi Yissof Gavriel has a, a plethora of WhatsApp groups that he's a member of, connected to, and what the newest one for Rabbi Yissof Gavriel. I want—I'm proud to announce—is the old alumni of that Elysian Field Ramat Eshbol, wonderland of Shabbos that B'nai Akiva group that they through the magic of modern technology and tracing people down, they're able to reconnect, including some of the, uh, who are they were, young girls at the time. Now they've grown up and they've reached out to you and they want to find out, hey, right? They've, they've, they've written to you in the perfect writ that they speak. Um, and they've, they've asked you some questions and it's caused you some soul searching.
1: I left a, a voice message on the WhatsApp group. One of the girls said, said they left a voice message back saying, oh, you speak, a, you speak, you speak, a, a, you now you even speak Hebrew with an American accent. Wow, you became a real chutznik.
0: <laughs> I thought they were going to say, you sound exactly like you did then. Didn't your voice change? What happened to you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good question. That Why I didn't say that? It. <laughs> you sound like a chutznik. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. That's the, the, I think it's the ultimate shtach, right? You sound like
0: a look, My grandchildren ask me, at, my grandchildren have only been in Eretz show for less than a year. Ask me why do you say safta and not safta? <laughs> my my <laughs> six-year-old granddaughter says, "Why are you saying safta and not safta?" Right? Right? You have to say like the Israelis say. It. So anyway, you're right. Look, that's always going to be something they harp on. It's a mishgas, but you also got some compliments, right? People were were happy to hear from you. I guess they hadn't had their ear to the ground and known where Yosef Gabriel Berchovsky was doing.
1: Now it was like 50, fifty, forty years of blank. I guess.
0: Right. And, and, and even though your name is plastered everywhere in the Torah world, but not in the B'nai Akiva world that they I ended up. And so much in Israel. Yeah. And they continued it. So it's, it's really weird, isn't it? I mean, to get a, uh, a WhatsApp nod from someone you haven't seen in, uh, you know, going on 50 years now. And like, what do you say to somebody? I mean, clearly you haven't worked to try to, to, to catch up and she hasn't worked to catch up on you. Uh, you were very moved by one of the questions that she asked you.
1: Well, First of all, it's interesting before we get to that, that um, I sent the pictures of um, my taking my classes uh, to the Holocaust Museum in Muncie. And one of, the, one of the people asked, you know, how do you deal with the Holocaust from a, a Muna aspect as a Haredi person? And it's interesting that, uh, I don't know if that person asked me a question uh, from today, but I gave a whole, uh, you know, psh, uh, discourse on what I say about the Holocaust. And, um, it doesn't take you know,
0: much to get you to discourse, yeah.
1: No, it takes very little to get me to discourse. And at the end, um, they he me very much, and he said, I was very impressed by the facts that I'm willing to give over a broad array of opinions as to how to approach the Holocaust.
0: So, so in other words, you think that these, and, and, and I'll give them credit, that they were probably, as you say, you know, an interested and, and, and fertile young minds at the time. So you didn't just want to take this as, hey, how's it going, like a social hello. You, you're actually, in a way, looking to, as you reach the third act of your life, I guess, to try to present yourself in a serious way towards them,
1: in a way that's, that, that's layered with meaning. As we try to represent HaKadosh Baruch Hu in every forum in which we can. Why not this one?
0: Right. And, and you got another question, too, that also got you thinking. Yes, yeah,
1: uh, this One girl asked me if I, Imanimu uh, Ushar B'Chayim. Uh, uh, the question struck me as something which we don't ask ourselves. It could be uh, could, uh, uh, could because I'm half Yeka, half Litvak. I don't know if Hasim even asked themselves a question. Uh, whether we're a Mushar. Mushar is a very hard work to translate as we both of us before the program tried to pin down a good translation. There really isn't one good translation for a Osher or with an aleph. But I don't think we think of those terms. We think, uh, I think we're training the yeshiva to think about whether we're shtigying, whether we're accomplishing in this world, not about uh, Osher. And Osher is not the same thing as Simcha. One could be a Simcha and not be Mushar at the same time. So even though there seems to be a contradiction in terms, I don't think it is. So I don't know. Uh, certainly, old curmudgeons like us are we supposed to feel mushar? Well,
0: you know, David Amelech, who barely became an old curmudgeon, uh constantly spoke about you know the that that reaching that state of being Ashrei, right? You know, how many times does that word appear in Talm? I think an incredible amount of times versus the rest of uh, Sifrei Kodesh. It sounds like it was something David Amelech
1: strived for. Yes.
0: Uh, you mentioned to me, and again, we've talked about the sort of off the wall philology of Hirsch, but can sometimes strike a chord uh you mentioned that Hirsch connects it to uh the pos of Mayim, right <laughs> which is which is the idea of like water bursting out of a cloud is somehow being mushar it's like like every the potential has been reached, and the rain is coming, and it's like the like feeling the rain the farmer runneth feels- over. So that's sort of being muushar. I, I really thought the question was,
1: especially remember, th- who cares why out- the question was asked? Uh, whatever question, however question was intended, it struck me as a question. But uh, uh, this is a uh, uh, this is a uh, 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 something which I think I like to pose a question not just to you but to everybody listening to this program. What does it mean to be Bouchard?
0: Yeah, it, In other words, satisfied. Is, is usually the way it's described, the
1: satisfaction. Yeah, with, but it's only more than satisfaction.
0: Yeah. Well, well, as we know, like it sounds like, you know, you're echoing uh, Jagger when you're saying, you know, you can't get any satisfaction. That basically you, know, you are... <laughs> you are striving and the truth is because says say something like that which i think appeals to both of us right you even have the idea of we'll the vilna go and saying you know can be that brute i want to i want to put this on there's there's a, a sense as you say whether it's lithuanian or not that that i'm pushing towards something but as raf gershen said over many times and i read it this week is that even in the uh, even in the drisha, even in as you're trying to get there, you should be sensing the simcha
1: of, of, of trying to accomplish. Right. Rebbe Rabboni says it, on Yitzmach Leib M'vaqshe Hashem. He says, why does it say, yismach Leib M'vaqshe Hashem? You were looking for a your wallet. You're happy you found it. You're happy when you found the wallet. You should say, Yitzmach Leib M'vaqshe Hashem. He says, obviously, the same idea, which is that the the simcha is in the quest. If you ever, And this very Viktor Frankl if you have a meaningful quest. That is what makes you happy. It makes you feel meaning in life.
0: Right. And, and therefore, it's almost, I would say. Is that called Osher? But I think we artificially set a certain goal of dissatisfaction in order to keep that quest going. And the quest itself, of course, is Mesameach. It's the same thing. And I've, saw, I've talked about this often that animate many of us and animate people in other fields too. Fred Astaire was the ultimate. Dancer, and yet he would wake up at four o'clock in the morning, go down, and and take new steps, figure something out. He would he would work like slavishly to be able to to figure out one more pirouette, one more move that would that would be able uh, to show himself even better. So everyone in their field, or or Tom Brady getting there at three o'clock in the morning and watching film in order to be able to, to be the best quarterback he could be on the next Sunday. All of that type of, are they Moushar? <laughs> They're at the top of their game. They are. They, you can see the smile on their face when, of course, they win or when, they not say, or when you're finished saying the year, But that doesn't mean that you sit on your laurels. So, again, maybe... I don't think
1: it, Tom Brady can be Moushar if he went through such a nasty divorce. You know, whichever the whole world knows about every detail of it,
0: because you know why the divorce was a simon that was made. What really drove him was his competitive nature to win and and and, and to be able, along with his mentor, to be able to be menatzeich. That challenge was adrenaline, and the same thing is true, I think, for. People who are involved in learning, people who are involved in whatever field they are. So to be, to, to the people who are have have lost that. It's almost like like the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that when they took away the Yitzra uh, darayas, so there was a lack of there was a lack of creativity everywhere. Now, a Yetzir, the whole point of the Yetzir yeah. is to tantalize you towards something, right? It's, it's Messiah to you, as the Malbum says, to a of a of something to achieve. Somehow, Mausha is something a little bit different. And maybe it's satisfying yourself. And it's got to be the... a Gestalt.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's also got to be just because you raised this like this, like this. Uh, Tom Brady. It has to be a Gestalt. In other words, you can't just say oh, I'm Mausha on the playing field but I'm not Mausha in the other areas of my life.
0: Right, well, as we saw, the Malbim says, when you we, we showed it to me before we started recording, that it's actually like, like Leah's meant when Usher was born. She uh, conceived of it as a total spiritual and physical uh, uh, air, aspect of completeness and uh, satisfaction everywhere. And look, listen, we shall, as I said, wish all of you
1: <laughs> to try to have a, uh, to uh, live a chayim musharim. But I don't want to mention though, it struck me and my weird association when I was asked the question is that Dr. Revel, the first, uh, you know, the president of Bichita University, it says that I have a book about him. They put out a denu, and it says that he would go around the corridors of YU, Sheba College, if I'm asking, how's the of today? <laughs> so maybe, according to you, we really didn't want to get an answer. That's what you're saying.
0: Or sometimes a comment is just a comment. Sometimes, I, I think in many ways, especially after a number of years certain assumptions are made like are you happy in life like it's been so many years that the person has never tried to contact you what should what should she say should she say uh, show me a picture of your dog i mean what is it that like what is it that's going to in a way make up and still capture somewhat the seriousness of what your connection was but still show uh, a, a modicum of interest so take care everybody we'll catch you again next week Watch out. Rabbi Yusuf might be trolling you somewhere over there on Facebook. Remember, be careful what you ask him. And be well. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.